date crumbing like I'm first place I talk that terrible shit, but you got worse takes I got no anger for haters, that shit don't even matter Cause when I finish the show, I'll grab some wine after So let me get on this mic and make your brain freeze I'ma do it my way, so all the lames leave It's just me, you know I'm careful of fakes So sit back and listen while I spit my terrible takes Yo, bitch, you ever heard? Um, I wanted to just watch Bray Wyatt matches, and I can't. I can't. I want to keep scrolling Twitter because he, because everyone else is putting stuff out there. I can't look it up. I can't do it. And this isn't about me. And I, I hate that these caveats have to put it, be put out there. He was definitely a bigger loss to his family than he ever will be to me. But all I can do is speak from my perspective on how how intrinsic Bray Wyatt was to my life. And the reason why I don't podcast as often as I used to, or seemingly at all, is because I'm not obsessed with it anymore. I'm not obsessed with wrestling like I was. I'm not obsessed with creating content like I was. I'm not obsessed with the idea of constantly talking about it. And what has happened over the last couple of hours is my brain is obsessed with Bray Wyatt. And I knew that if I can just sit down and talk about how special he was, then I'd feel a bit normal. Bray Wyatt's loss is not about me. But this podcast episode is about how he made me feel. I put on on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck you want to call it that I have 140 plus episodes and I've never said a bad word about Bray Wyatt and I talk shit on everyone. And that's the fucking truth, man. At Bray Wyatt's worst, he was still better than the best because it was always about how that point led to something else. Like the fact that we didn't get we didn't get the demon versus Sister Abigail. People think that, you know, we dodged a bullet, but we missed a creative moment. We missed an ability for Bray to tell us something. That swamp match with Braun was riddled with so much meta. His feud with Randy Orton made you fucking believe. I hate horror movies. And this character is right out of a horror movie and just the fiend was fucking special man fucking special his ability to tell these stories like like what's the fiend gonna do next right not what bray wyatt or Wyndham rotunda was gonna do next what's the fiend gonna do next and he operated on this supernatural plane that made you believe like oh shit that just happened and getting lost in that sauce, man, like, you cannot undervalue how important that is. You cannot undervalue how special that is, how special he was. I know a lot of people feel this way, so, you know, again, this isn't about me. It's about how it made me feel, and, and, and this is my therapy. So if no one else listens to me talk, that's okay. That's okay. I just had to talk about him because my brain's obsessed. My brain is obsessed 
about Bray Wyatt. When I got back into wrestling and saw Bray and and Roman building towards um, no, it wasn't Bray and Roman. It was Bray building towards the Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were trying to show what Bray did before that, and I went back and watched, and the stuff he did with Daniel Bryan, and the stuff he did with Cena, like, it did nothing for me, because it it matched the Undertaker energy when we're talking about suspending disbelief, right? Like, Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker, <laughs> while the lights were on, the fucking, the sun was out, so odd, right, at uh, WrestleMania San Francisco. But it was a moment, man. It was a moment where Bray Bray was put in position to be with the best, right? He has his his WrestleMania's in a row. Cena at thirty. Undertaker at thirty one. He was injured but had a promo with the rock at thirty two. You know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? It was amazing, man. He's fucking amazing. Um, Socks. Socks. You know, I listen to... I've been listening to podcasts for a very long time. And I've always wanted to have my own... From the second I listened to my first podcast. And one of the first podcasts I listened to was Stone Cold's Broken Skull Sessions. Or whatever it was called. The Steve Austin Podcast. Or whatever the fuck it was called. The very first iteration when... He would try to force guests to answer questions that he prepared for, and he was getting frustrated and all that shit. And before I ever watched, like, before I ever watched wrestling again, because, again, that was part of what got me back into wrestling was listening to Steve Austin, and he would talk about the, the nuance and the intricacies and how he saw it from a performer's perspective. So can I watch wrestling from that kind of eye where it's like, okay, I understand the art form, so wrestling's not so absurd anymore. And... Before I ever watched again, Bray Wyatt was one of the people on there. And when I heard he was IRS's kid, I was like, oh, that's cool. And he was uh, 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 Barry Windham's nephew. I was like, oh, man. And the way he talked about everything with reverence and respect and knowledge for the business, I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. So when I came across his character, I was like, you know, this, I don't know, he's not really for me, uh, like the Cajun, the Cajun style. But when I watched him wrestle and I'm, you know, when I was a kid, I looked a lot like Bray Wyatt, like uh, size wise, you know, um, I don't have the same adult build that way, um, that thick and top heavy. But as a kid, I was, you know, and and so anytime I see guys like Kevin Owens or Bray Wyatt who are a little bit huskier, but super athletic, I'm like, oh, I resonate with them so much. So I did when I saw Bray Wyatt and he wrestled so amazing. So amazing for his size, the explosivity, like the things he would do, like he just understood wrestling so much. And of course, you know, creatively, he tend to get in his way and all that stuff. But that that just means you're trying. You know, I used to say it about the celebrities all the time, like they're willing to do this for us. Celebrities who make money, Logan Paul and Bad Bunny and Pat McAfee, they don't have to wrestle. But they do it. And when they do and they show you they give a fuck, it's like, oh, my God. Like, thank you. 
Thank you for doing that. So take a look at someone like Bray Wyatt, who took the craziest creative chances and and made it work. And made it work, man. But Bray Wyatt was special, man. It's fucking special. And it sucks. It sucks. You know, all the Bray and Roman stuff, it really got me so amped to see Bray get his chance at the title. And and we all thought it was never going to come. And then sure as shit, uh, Elimination Chamber, he wins. You know, I had fantasy booked before I had a podcast. The Royal Rumble where Triple H won the title from Roman. I said, what if the last four was the Wyatt family? And Bray Wyatt brings them all into the center of the ring, does his Bray Wyatt thing, kneels down, puts his arms out, and the other three just walk over the top rope. Like, that idea is why I don't fantasy book. Could you imagine that's how the Royal Rumble ended? The crowd would have went fucking bananas at Bray Wyatt's power over these large fucking men. The story he's been telling for so long that if he just had the opportunity to be the final four, he would have been a made fucking man. And he was. I mean, he was already. And, you know, at least just not on TV. So, but that's that's a moment that I just wish... I wish we got, man. I wish we we had that during that Royal Rumble. It was the perfect time to make him champion and then force us to tell a story. You know, or force them to tell a story. But unfortunately, you know, he was injured going into that WrestleMania anyway. And, you know, the the Roman Triple H story really took a, a, a positive turn after that. So, you know, I just... I don't know, man. I just it just sucks. It just sucks because I I love watching him wrestle. I like I wanted to see what he had to say next. I wanted to see who his next partner was gonna be. You know, everything he did with Randy Orton from the the what was it the House of Horrors match. You know, um, the the first iteration I'm talking about too. You know, when they had the uh, like that nightmare match with the projected images on the on the canvas. He had said during Radio Row, like, I don't want anyone to follow us. And when you look back on that match, had they had modern technology and could have broadcasted it better, it, it would have been fucking incredible. But it was a miss based on the technology they had. But when you look at what they were going for, no one does shit like that. No one... No one thinks outside the box that much. I mean, look at the... Um, oh, fuck. It was Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis. Like, that that style of match was inspired through what Bray Wyatt was doing. Now, I know the Hardys did their thing beforehand, and they had that whole broken thing, but that's not what Bray Wyatt was. He was his own entity in that way. And when him and Matt Hardy tagged together, I didn't like the pairing, but I love what it brought. It brought a new energy to the tag division. It gave the B team something credible. When Bo Dallas and, and Curtis Axel dressed up as fucking Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, it was fucking incredible. And you wanted to see the B team win. Bray Wyatt never missed. 
and every time you thought he missed you can go back and see the thread of how it was supposed to touch something else so even if a moment passed he still found the thread to help keep you there another fantasy booking thing I wish happened when he lost to Goldberg in Saudi they had the opportunity for him to tell the story that he doesn't need the title and had the fiend popped up when Goldberg was on the ropes he could have showed the energy is more important than the title you know just little things like that but at the end of the day he always showed he was bigger more important because he could tell the stories the Firefly Funhouse match he did with Cena was was otherworldly man it brought Cena to a new level of entertainment style and it, it just told a beautiful story of Cena's career and the the mental games that wrestling plays on these guys. The the second iteration of his feud with Randy during the Fiend phase. You know, I got fucking chills. I got chills when he came out at WrestleMania. Because me and Marsh from Wrestling on the Rocks, we were doing a live cast at the time. And... And I was so into the fiend and everything was doing, and and I would just remember going like, how are they gonna how are they gonna fix this? The last time we saw him, he got burnt to a crisp, and during that entrance when he did the metamorphosis, and shedded the skin, and just like it was so, it was right there all all along, and it was so perfect, so beautiful, you know everything he did with Alexa. You know, the Bliss Fiend energy that Alexa was able to play off of. And you can see her guided into this same this same uh, aura of operation. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Everything he did was awesome. You know, what he was doing leading up to LA, the LA Night match, it was taking a long time for us to feel everything he was doing because he wanted and presumptively he wanted to give us all these little nuances within what he was doing and there were so many people fantasy booking out there the Wyndham Six this and they were trying to guess where it was going before we got there and that was that was a lot of the toll that was taken and uh, you know for me I was just waiting I was waiting you know I said it I said it when he got released. I'll watch everything you do. I'll watch everything you have. I'll, I'll I'll follow you everywhere you go. And now he's gone. Um, we're right around the three-year anniversary of this show. I believe it's the twenty-first of August. And. Uh, and Bray Wyatt was some of the most fun I got a chance to watch. I absolutely loved everything he did. Because it was always different. It was always different. <sighs> Fuck, man. It sucks. It sucks. I bought an Uncle Howdy mask when we went to a house show in December. For $15. And it's not the legit one with the leather strap on the back. But I bought it at a house show. And 
you know, I got the chance to watch him wrestle a dark match. The one where Luke Harper tore his ACL. It's the only time I think I got to watch him wrestle. Because I never got a chance to see his entrance besides that. And I remember the first time I ever saw his entrance. Like, it was not nauseating, but, like, it gave me, like, a vertigo. Because we were sitting up pretty high. And you can see the, the hue of all the cell phone lights when he came out. But, uh, fuck, when he returned at Extreme Rules... You know, I did it. I did an episode and and told you guys my thing, and and I'll, I'll speak on it now again. Um, we got tickets. I got tickets for me and and the kiddo on a whim because it was in Philly, and I said, "Fuck it." You know, let's give it a chance. There's people speculating. I don't speculate. I don't fantasy book. I don't predict. I just I take what's on TV. And yes, there was the thought, and I had missed SmackDown. I had missed SmackDown, where where the X of him showing up gave people the more legitness that like, hey, this might happen. But uh, I was like, fuck it, let's go, let's go to Extreme Rules, let's let's take a chance. Because again, like I told you guys, when the rumors were that Ronda might show up at Royal Rumble, they weren't strong enough to make me feel confident to go. Um. Especially since she was filming in Argentina at the time. So I didn't go. And the second her music hit, I was mad that I wasn't there. I didn't want to do that again. And uh, we were sitting, me and the kid, we were sitting right next to the entrance ramp, but behind. So our view to the ring was dead on. But if we look straight forward in our seats, we were actually sitting behind the entrance. And right by the entrance during the Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins match, they put the door. They put the door to set it up for after the match. And I was like, I I know this, there's no way. The fucking energy. The energy that... He's got the whole... Like, are you fucking kidding me? It was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Well, absolutely never forget it. I can't pull up the videos on my phone, man. I just don't feel like crying like that. I just don't. You know, I had therapy today, and I told uh, told my therapist, I said, I have no problem crying in front of the world. Because tears are inside. They have to come out when it's time for them to come out. When you experience the emotion of sadness, happiness, elation, devastation, you know, and you feel like you're going to cry, then just fucking cry. It's anger that I got, I got the problem. I can't I can't channel that in the same way. Uh, but that I digress. My point is, like, I don't have a problem crying. You know, I just don't. I I know what's gonna do it, and I don't want to do that. But I cannot wait to watch those videos again. The videos of of Bray returning and getting to be there. And it was, it was my son's first pay-per-view because the a year before we had gone to his first show um, in DC. But yeah, yeah, we saw Extreme Rules and Bray returned, and it was the most incredible thing. 
most incredible thing. And I have my Uncle Howdy mask. I have my Alexa Bliss and Fiend shirt. I have my Fiend on the scene. And, uh, and so many memories of just watching Bray do awesome shit. I'm going to miss him, man. I'm going to miss him. I hope his family hangs their head high. And and takes joy in the fact that so many people loved everything that he's ever done. I don't have much else to say. Um, just a show update thing. Again, like I said, it's about being obsessed. We went to SummerSlam. It was fucking amazing. And for tax purposes, I have to do a show, and I will. And I haven't felt inspired because I'm not obsessed. Being obsessed with the idea that Bray Wyatt passed away and I, I just can't stop thinking about him. I just wanted to sit down and talk. So hopefully in the next couple days, definitely before payback, I would like to get the SummerSlam episode up and out. And we'll see what happens going forward. Um, like I've said before, looking at December now, we do have a more consistent deadline. Um, it's looking like, yeah, like a 75-day period from today, uh, maybe 90. A lot of it's out of my hands, so we'll see how it goes. The time I'm taking now, if there's background noise, I apologize. It's the turtle tanks. I'm just not forcing it, man. In this life, we have choices that we make, and we have to make calculated risks. And taking the time to do the podcast when it's an obsession forces factors on the rest of my life that do not equal positive reactions. So when I get the opportunity to put the podcast into my schedule for appropriate fun and time, believe it, I will do that. I had some circumstances come up that actually may lead to being able to do the podcast just to kind of keep myself busy for a while um that's just if i if you guys see a couple more episodes come up it'll be because i i was forced to have some free time and i'll explain it then no big deal and putting it out now i didn't want to say all this stuff either because i wanted to just keep it about bray wyatt but since i'm here I might as well tell you guys what I can for now. Um, at the end of the day, my Twitter's open. My DMs are open. Just hit me up. I'll tell you what I can tell you, and you know we'll go from there. But I do appreciate all the love and support from everyone who wants me to have the show back up on a consistent basis. I mean, look, I just sat down and did 23 minutes. Uh, I haven't lost my fastball. I know I can do it. I just got to have the obsession to do so and the appropriate time. And if I get the time before the obsession, then yeah, I'll come on here and fuck around with you guys. Um, until then, it really is just R.I.P. Bray Wyatt, R.I.P. Wyndham Rotunda, R.I.P. The Fiend. I really, really wish he was still with us because he was special. To get you to believe in today's times, uh, that's that's... That's a fucking talent. That's a talent. You know, real quick. Uh, we say a lot on Wrestling on the Rocks. Shouts to Marsh and the crew. That 
we want you to tell us a story. We can see awesome matches all the time, but tell us a story, you know, because we know what this is. We know what we're watching, but tell us a story. And no one was more creative at telling a story than Bray Wyatt. And and I'll say it again. He he had the Firefly Funhouse, and he was one that Mr. Rogers version. And then when the Fiend showed up, no one ever said, "Well, that's well, that's Bray Wyatt under the mask as the Fiend." No one ever said that. <laughs> that's like, like imagine that. That powerful storytelling of watching this guy in a sweater and allowing him to tell you the story. And then the fiend comes out and you're so entrenched in the energy that you do not correlate it to the Firefly Funhouse Bray. Think about that. Think about that. No one says that's Bray under the mask. Everyone goes, oh, that's the fiend. That's how special he was. In today, in today's times, this era, this era, when everyone knows everything, no one goes, oh, Bray Wyatt's really awesome as the Fiend. No, the Fiend was crazy. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's got the Firefly Funhouse, but he's also the Fiend. You should check out the Fiend. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. He was that fucking good, man. He was that good. He was that special. And I feel sorry for the family. I feel sorry for his kids. I feel sorry for for JoJo, Bo Dallas, IRS, all them. Sucks, man. Absolutely sucks. His ex-wife, the kids they had together, you know, all of that. It's not my information to know. So apologies for not naming everyone involved in his family. He, uh... He was a special talent. They all know that. We all know that. Bray was the best. He was the best. And, uh... Fuck, man. Wrestling won't be the same. All love, power, and respect to Wyndham Rotunda and his family. Hopefully I can get on here and chat with you guys a little bit more. Thank you for giving me your time on such a sad day. Hopefully my stories will help you in your grieving process and we'll get through this together because it's wrestling and we love it and we love Bray for it rest in peace my friend thank you for your memories thank you for your time thank you for your dedication and thank you for giving a shit about us because today we all give a shit about you